0: גמרא סוטדף למדלר המסכת פלי הצלחה אב יעקב ישראל בן שמחה שיגדל לתורה ומצוות חופה על טובים אמן תראי סדף פלי הצלחה בן צהר השמחה שהקדוש ברוך הוא חיה וקיימה אמן כן ירצון תראי סדף שלמה דניאל חיים בן לאה so we begin today's daf uh, on the top of La Middalet. We'll start right from the top. So we're talking about over here the sugya of B'nai Israel crossing the Jordan River in the times of Yeshua. So we learned how the Kohanim stepped in and they took the Aaron with them. The difference between uh, the way uh, the Yamsuf and Mitzrayim split to the way the Yarden split. The Yamsuf, you needed Mesirut Nefesh of Nachshon ben Amin Adav. They do not have Torah yet. So you needed Emunah in order to split the sea. However, by the time of Yoshua we had the Torah, and therefore, once the Torah ready goes into the Yam, it's as if the Torah is commanding the Yarden to, uh, to separate. So it was called Torah. The moment that the feet of the Kohanim touched the waters of the Jordan, so the current started to go backwards. And the waters started to pile up. The waters that were coming downstream just collected and not and did not continue to flow. The of and how how tall was the wall of water? It was twelve mil high. which is the same uh, length of the bnei yisrael. Uh, so therefore, it sounds like that the flow of the people and the flow of the water was traveling at the same pace. So if it takes. Uh, you know, twelve meal for the people to cross, and as they're crossing, the water is piling up. The Bitter According to your reasoning, the Adam Kal Kalim, which is faster in its flow—the flow of the people or the flow of the water? It's clearly that water is, Imken Ba'im But according to that. Since you're coming along and saying that the water only piled up 12 mil, however, the people, it's going to take longer for them. So therefore, the water ultimately is going to drown them. It's got to be much higher in order to pile up so it will not uh, fall on the people. 12 meal is too, too, too short, so the Gimara says, which means uh, waves upon waves and piling of waters upon waters, more than 300 mil. Now, uh, the Tosfot uh, has a problem because uh, we know, you know, how much distance is from one, uh, firmament to a different firmament from the second haliga and the gemara actually says the says which is um right from the from the from the clouds to the ground the gemara says only three parsa three parsa Uh, So how could you come and tell me now that it was so high? So then with the Mifarashim learned that this might be an exaggerated number of 300 mil. But the point is, it was very high, higher than 12 mil. This was able to be uh, witnessed by all the kings. This was able to be witnessed so it seems they heard, and according to this Gemara, they actually saw the waters that were so high, it must have been a clear day, and they were able to have advantage of the miracle told the messengers of Yoshua. Ki uh, et asher et We heard about a God splitting the Yamsuf, and then she says, Now that's talking about Suf. but that doesn't prove that she heard about splitting of the yarden. Uh, so what, what is exactly he's trying to prove over here? She, she said, we heard about the spinning of the sea. So the Maharsha says, mm-hmm. I just heard about the kiryat That's hearsay. Who said that such thing ever happened? But the fact that they saw Kiryat Yerden that confirmed to him to them that Kiryat Yamsuf actually happened. They wouldn't have believed Yamsuf unless they had confirmation with something that they actually saw. So that's why the Maharsha is learning uh, what the Habazona's proof over is. by and We continue the story. They're still in the Yerden. Yoshua. Alma Atem Overim You have to know that on what under what conditions. I'm bringing you across the Jordan. and bringing you to Eretz Yisrael. It's an order that we were commanded to overtake and to uh, inherit the land from the enemy. The pasuk says, That you're going to have to go to war and take over the uh, inhabitants of the land. Mutab, if you're up to the battle, then mutab, very good. Ve'im laav, ve'in ma'im ve'shutvim o'tchem o'tichem o'techem. The water's going to come along and drown all of you. So the Gemara says it should say etchem, not the o'tichem. So the Gemara says my o'techem o'ti ve'etchem, which means we're all going to get drowned, myself included. Odam. By and when they were still in the Jordan River, among marledem Yoshua, harimu lachem ish even ahat al shechmo the mispard shvteh Yisrael. He said to them, each one, the heads of the tribes, should take a rock. The mispard bnei Yisrael, twelve rocks, according to the mispard of bnei Yisrael. So the anti so there will be a sign amongst you. Your children are going to ask, what are these stones over here? What is this monument? And therefore, you give them a siman, the b'anim, shaavru avot et a This will be a sign for the miracle that you cross the, the Jordan. So the Givara says, Odam mizeh." Take uh, another um, uh, uh, 12 stones, and take these stones with you., and bring them with you to the place that we're going to lodge at night. You would think that these stones had to be with them at every lodging as they were traveling. No, only the place where they were lodging that night, as we learned in the Mishnah, was the Gilgal. Wow, they saw those stones, and they, uh, they were able to uh, assess them. And each one is Alba'im se'ah. So a se'ah obviously is a measure in uh, in volume, uh, and the question is, uh, it's a, it's arba'im se'ah is the volume of how much you can fit. Obviously, forty se'ah. So it's an amma by an amma. By an amma. So therefore the, the area of each one of these stones was like alba'im se'ah. That means you were able to fit alba'im se'ah. But if you look at the language of the Gemara, the language is shikula. Shikula, shikula sounds like it's weight. So there's a big issue over here, are they discussing the area of the, of the stone or the, or the weight? And then that would be very, uh, very, very heavy of uh, 40 se'ah. And from Rashi, uh, we're going to see later on, it sounds like it is a measure of weight. Um, the question is, 40 se'ah weight of what? And it's obviously, 40 se'ah wheat is different than 40 se'ah of water or something else. That the Gemara doesn't say. Obviously, whatever it is, 40 se'ah of anything is going to be a, uh, a tremendous, tremendous uh, weight. So that's the, that's the discussion. Basically, they were very, very heavy stones. Bugimidi, and we have a, a tradition that, that a, um, a burden, that a person is able to carry alone on his shoulder, so it's a, a third of the, of the weight uh, that is able to carry when somebody else is helping him so therefore each one was carrying uh, uh these uh, uh these stones over here uh they were able to carry basically 120 se'ah. so if you look at the uh if you look at the she the she says the uh, midle that if a person's holding something on his putting something on his shoulders that you lift it up yourself and nobody helps you, it's only a third of the weight that a person can carry that when somebody else puts it on your shoulder. Because they, I guess they got help to put it on their shoulders. So therefore if somebody helps you put it on, Without having to lift it up yourself, you can carry three times the weight. So, therefore, they're basically saying it was 120. Mikan, and from there, from there, we see now not that the stones were 120; we just mean the stones were 40. But it just showed you that these people were so strong. They were able to carry 120, on, 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 on if somebody would help them uh, lift it up on their shoulders. But not that we're saying the stones were 120 the stones were 40. And now we can make the calculation from the uh, from the stones of the yerdeim, the weight or the uh, volume of the ishkol. Ishkol is the uh, the grapes, uh, the grapes that they took from the. Uh, in, in the story of the Menagelim, <laughs> as the Pasuk says, Now, it sounds like they had a mot, mot is a stick, and they had two guys holding the, and the grapes on the stick. But the Gemara says, Well, obviously, if it's a mot, there's one guy at one end, one guy at the other end. What do you have to tell me? So the Geberah then says, Matamugomad Bishnaim, why does it to say Bishnaim? Bishnemot. So it was two sticks. So then the Gibburas Amarabi Rabbi Thaq says it was Turtane Vit de Turtane. It was a a load and a, a load on a load, which means they carried the grapes on uh, two sticks uh, that were carried by four people. And underneath those two sticks, there was another two sticks that were carried by another four people. So they basically have uh, eight people that are carrying the uh the grapes. If you look at the pictures, we have some pictures in the art scroll over here, different pictures of how how they were situated. It looks like according to Dashi, you had two sticks that were parallel to each other running uh, you know, horizontally. Across, and then you had uh, two that were making an X underneath them, and that's the uh, four sticks with the eight people. From the Rabino Hanan El, it looks like uh, you had uh, more. Looks like a, a wagon. The, the, the way the way the sticks were shaped, they were they were two long sticks going across. It looks like they were going uh, vertically from top to bottom. And at the end of each stick, there was a, a a pole going horizontally on each end, which two people would be able to carry each stick at each end. So, therefore, you would have altogether uh, eight people. So, morely, more looks like a um, looks like a, you know a letter T on the top and a letter T on the bottom. So, a line with a cross on top and a cross on the bottom, uh, t- t- two times. So, that was eight. So, Haketzat nasu ishkol, so eight carried the ishkol. How heavy the the grapes were. You need eight people. They had nasa rimon, and one carried a pomegranate alone. They had nasa teenah, and one carried the teena, the fig. Yoshua and you, there, were, there were twelve spies. So what were the other two carrying? So the Gemara says that Joshua and Kalev didn't carry anything. The says, either because they were hashuv and it wasn't befitting for them to carry, or so ayu They knew that that they're going to use the perot as a to speak disparagingly about Eretz so they didn't want any. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. Now let's read the Rashi over here to learn uh, about the grapes look at that she umikana atam mehashev kamayab beishkol shenasu shmona anashim now when they lifted it everybody helped each other so you can imagine it's it's it how 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 heavy it was because we just learned that when somebody helps you so then already you're able to count you're able to carry three times uh, 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 that amount beishkol shenasu shmona anashim bayu misa'in ze etze k'shem beremim otah so when they were placing it on their shoulders, they were helping, so you could just to do, 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 do the calculation, we don't know what the starting point was, but it was obviously very heavy. So it says, Masui Masui, that the bottom level was helping the top, there was two motot on level one, so you have two uh, sticks like we learned that were parallel to each other. And four were carrying them, two on each side. And then you have another two. With another four people. And they are on a, uh, a diagonal. So they are crisscrossing. Uh, or, 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 yeah, uh, uh, underneath them, on a, creating a diagonal. And one mot is at the head of one stick, and the other one at the head of the other. And they're going across. He didn't have a pasuk to, to prove this. He just did this process of elimination. The Rimon he assumed, it's enough one person could carry. And the tena one person. But Yeshua and Kalev said didn't carry anything. So do the math. You have eight spies left. And we just know this from the initial derasha that says it wasn't one mot. Because it says, "Vayisubamot So that's the starting point that we know there was one, then more than one mot, and then we can say, "Shna'im al gabeshna'im, turtane al gabesh Like the Gemara explains over here, and the Gemara comes along and says, "Peligi ba Rabbi Ami v'Rabbi Tzach Nafha had Amad." Now we go back to the Keriyat Yerden. So Rabbi Yehuda actually said that how high did the water pile at Kiryat HaYerdein. So he said it piled actually 12 mil. That was the, uh, the, the, the level. So according to Rabbi Yudah, it's the same length of B'nai Israel. And that's what the Gemara says, Kahanaytan Avru. That B'nai Israel crossed the Jordan River in the formation of their Mahaneh, meaning 12 mil by 12 mil. So they went in as that Configuration, and um, therefore uh, their their order when they were crossing the their the length when they were crossing the eden was actually twelve mil and the waters were above them the, the same the same amount. However, the Rabbi Azabri Bishemon that he actually said it was three hundred mil or meaning very 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 high the 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 wall. He says that Bnei Seir, they went in a straight line. Because if they would have went kahanayatam, so then the water would not have uh, uh, risen that high. The fact that it was so high, that means they were going in a single file, and the water kept on piling and piling and piling. It takes much longer when you go by single file, so therefore that's why there was more uh, pilage of water. That's one way of learning the Mahloket. The difference between the, 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 the sea wall was... Uh, the formation of B'nai Israel crossed. If you say they crossed in their formation the way they are, 12 mil by 12 mil, so you cross, you, 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 you enter more people at the same time and you're entering faster. Therefore, less pilage. But according to the other opinion, they won in single file. Therefore, it took longer. Therefore, there was more pilage of the water. mor, And some say, no. All, all opinions, they traveled as formation, meaning 12 mil. And what's the it? What's the like we learned earlier on Amud Rishon. Mor sabar adam kal or mor sabar mayim kalim. So the question is what's, what's, a, what, what's a faster uh, velocity? The water or the people? So one opinion says the people are uh, faster. So therefore, when they were not able to walk, it created a, a wall of 12 mil. Some say the water is faster. And therefore, the water is faster, so more water is going to uh, pile up. I don't know what it means, Adam Kal. It sounds like it's not Adam Kal. It sounds like it's equal. 12 meal to 12 meal. I don't know why it says Adam Kal. All right, so some explain Kal Kemo. Okay, that makes more sense. Kal Kemo meaning it's just as uh, uh, the same velocity. It's, we know the water, the flow is quick. And they're saying that Adam Kal, meaning Adam Kal mai." So therefore, the 12 meal uh, will have a pile of 12 meal of uh, water. So that, that, that works out. Hard to understand that in general. I mean, people who are walking at a normal pace, and you're telling me that they walk faster or just as equal as the velocity of the current of water. That's a. Uh, I mean, that's something that we can check in the mitziut. You know, the currents go go quickly. Even the Tosafot uh, has a, has an issue uh, with this in the in the uh, in the uh, the big Tosafot here. So he says, Kavanah uh, he should So it seems that the current that day of the Jordan was equal because it was slowing down as it was piling up. A regular current might not be, a man might not walk faster than the current, but we're talking about that specific event, the uh, velocity of the waters coming down and piling was equal to the people that were walking. So it's not a general rule, it's a rule for that, for, that, for that day. Okay, makes more sense. Anyway, now we get into the famous Gemara of the uh, spies. So that Flameda is the spies page. We're going to learn about Short from Shelach so Lecha. I guess we, once we already ready, we started, look, look, look how we got here. We started talking about, it's amazing how the Gemara ended here we started talking about things that are ne'emarim bechod lashon, and things that are said b'lashon akodesh. So uh, we, uh, we got somehow to the Har Girizim in Har Eval, and then uh, somehow we ended up, uh, by the end of last, and uh, the end of yesterday's uh, uh, daf, we came along and we talked about uh, different times that the Kohanim carried the Aron, uh, we said there was three times they carried the Aron. The Livyim the normally carried the Aron, but this was three times that the Kuanim carried the uh, Aron. And then uh, we get to that one of the times they carry the Aron is when they crossed the Jordan. And then from there, we start getting into the rocks of the Jordan. And from the rocks, we get to the grapes. And from the grapes, we get to the so it's, anyway, we got it. Shelach lecha <clears throat> anashim. Okay, shelach lecha anashim. God tells Moshe, "Send for yourself anashim men v'yatudu et eres kenan." Amar shalachish shelach lecha midda'atecha, which means I didn't tell you to send. Uh, Ela, uh, I won't stop you. So if you want to send, send. So he says, um, God was saying, if I'm, if I'm giving you a helek, I'm going to give you something bad? Of course not. So therefore, I'm not going to go tell you to, to go take spies. You got to trust me. If I'm giving you a helek, it's, 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 it's a good helek. And therefore, Mosh God says, I don't have to... <coughs> tell you to send spies, but if you want to send, send the <coughs> <coughs> <male> dartecha. Moshe Rebbeinu says, be'inai. To me, the idea was good. So the Gemara says, Amar Hashlakish, be'inai, ve'lo be'inaav shel makom. It was good in the eyes of Moshe, but not be'inaav shel makom. Now, what's the... Um, What's the logic then of Moshe? Why would he send the spies if, if indeed, Borei Olam already understands that there's no need to send them. So I saw different explanations over here that we've said over, you know, over the years. One explanation is that there's different reasons to send the spies. One reason is to give an assessment, is the land good or not? And that was Borei Olam said, it's not, it's not necessary, I'm giving you the land, the land is good. I'm, not going, to, I'm not going to choose a, a bad lot. But Moshe Rabbeinu's intention in the spies was more like a hishtadlut. You know, you're going into a land, you're going to have war, so you need to create strategy. You know, find the vulnerabilities, find exactly where we should enter. But nothing more than a normal amount of hishtadlut. But that was Moshe Rabbeinu's intention. Not chad Shalom. Uh, to, 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 to make an assessment, is the land good or not? But again, the Yetzirah was Meketreg, and when they came back, and um, they started to uh, uh, give their opinion. You know, the land is good, but... And that was not really the intention that Moshe Rabbeinu sent them initially. Uh, others say that it was, a, it was a bluff. What does it mean it was a bluff? That if, uh, if, um, if I have a product and I'm confident about the product, And the guy comes along and says, you know, I want to see it. So if if you come along and say, well, I can't show it to you. So then the guy's, well, why why does he want to show it to me? So must be, something's wrong with it. But if I come along and say, Baruch Abba, you can look at it, enjoy it, take it for a ride, go see it. So the guys a lot of times will say, okay, you know, I don't have to look at it. If you're letting me, that already must be an indication that's good. So when the people came to Moshe and said, we want to go see, so Moshe Rabbeinu says, go. Uh, not that he wanted to send them. That was Moshe Rabenu to show them that the land is good. I have no problem if you go. Hoping that they would say, okay, we don't have to see it. If you're telling us that we can go, means uh, must be it's good, because you wouldn't let us go. But they didn't. Uh, they didn't bite the bluff, and they ended up. Uh, they ended up going, and then whatever happened happened. So that's different. Different approaches of how Moshe Rabbeinu sent it, even though God said uh, not to, or that He's not for it. That their kavanah was from the beginning to. Um, speak disparagingly about the land. Ketivah haka v'yachperu. is, well, it's a way of saying to spy, but we have another word in Yeshaya u'k'tiv. H'afra over there is to be humiliated. So v'yachperu, their intention was to humiliate. So that was the, uh, their intention uh, from the beginning. That's why the pasuk says v'yachperu. And we know that the different different reasons what caused them in And The Zohar Kadosh says because they were all uh, presidents of their tribes and they thought that once they go into Elish Israel, they're going to lose their status. So that's why uh, either consciously or subconsciously uh, they came back with a bad report. Now we learn the names of these spies. Shemotam, <laughs> Shamua ben Zakur. So, that actually their names have a remes of their sin. Question Was it their real names? Yeah, it sounds like it was their real names. But we could be Doresh the names of a person. The names of a person are not arbitrary, the names of a person are his essence. Uh, like uh, the word neshama, the middle letters of neshama is Shem. It means the person's essence of his soul is alluded to in his name. And the Gemara says, for example, the Anu lo Altabiyadenu tabi adenu It means even though all twelve spies, you could learn their essence from their names, but we figured out one of them from the uh, from the derash, and that is SeTur. Ben Michael Stur Stur Ben Michael. So, why is he called Setur? As if to say that he dismantled the handiwork of the Kadosh Baruch, Listor. Um, God said it's a good land, and he came along and said it's not. So, as if he's undoing the uh. Uh, what a Baruch Hu said. Rashi says, Satar Devarab Hechish, but he denied. Son Son'o Shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu Badai. Son'o Shel Baruch is a way of saying Hashem, just in reverse, that he makes God as if uh, is lying. Because God said, to HaAreth. And he he uprooted it. No, the land is not good. So Satar it it Masav Chodesh Baruch Hu, son of Michael. Well, Shasa Atzmo Mach, Keviachol he made Atzmo Atzmo is again a reference to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. He made him weak. What does he mean? He made him weak. Uh, again, uh, one interpretation is when they said that even Hakadosh Baruch Hu can't bring the. Uh, uh, take, us, take these enemies out. It's too strong. Like we said, pasuki and therefore, when the spies came back, they made a Baruch Hu uh, weak. So that's Michael. Mach El. Making El weak. Amar but we got another guy. Nahbi ben Wofsi. So why they call him Nahbi? She habi devarav she la kadosh baruch hu. It's as if he uh, concealed the words of a kadosh baruch hu, and he did not speak them as they as they should. That means he he hid the truth. He concealed the truth of what Eretz Yisrael was, and vufsi, what is it vufsi? She pisayah al midotav kadosh baruch hu he trampled over the midot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Which means, uh, Maharsha says, they trampled on the midah that God is a, one that rewards Sakhar for people that do good and punish those that do bad. So therefore, why can't God Oust the seven nations. They were the Sha'im. And therefore, they deserve to be punished. That's Khalba Onish. That's one of the Midottavakosh Baruch Hu. justice. And therefore, he trampled on it as if to say that no, it's not going to happen. We're not going to be able to uh, oust the seven, seven nations. So the pasuk says they traveled. They're traveling in the Negev. In the South, at Hebron, and they get to Hebron. Vayavo is singular. Vayavo mibale. It should say, and they reached Hebron. So the Gemara says, Amarava milamed she pilesh kalev me'atzat minagelim. That kalev separated from the miragelim. Ve'anak al avot. And he went to pray by the tombs of the uh, fathers. He went to me'anat machpela Amar Lahim and he said to them, Avotai, alay Avotai, he prayed for us that we'll be able to be saved. That means he asked them to intercede on his behalf, not that he was praying to the Avot, he prayed to Hashem, but they should be a Mediz an advocate. So you see over here, um, already uh, there's a uh, 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 to go to Kivrit Sadikim already from the times of the Torah. He went to Shatayal Kivrit Sadikim. Somebody comes and says, Ah, you're wasting your time. Go, go, learn. Yoshua, I mean Kalev one He could have sat down, and up a, opened up a opened up a but he went to Kivrit Sadikim in order to invoke uh, uh, the merit. Now the question is, uh, what about Yoshua? Why didn't Yoshua go to Kivrit Sadikim with him? So the Gemara says Yoshua Kevarbi B'Kish Moshe Alav Rachamim. Moshe Rabbin already prayed for Yoshua; he was covered, as the pasuk says, "Va'yikra Moshe leHosheya binun Yoshua." And it says he called him um, Yoshua. He added a Yud, and the Yud was actually uh, corresponding a prayer that he made. Ya Yosiacha Me'atzad Meragidim. Then God should give Yosiacha the Shmaya from the from the meragilim. So, that's another lesson you see from over here. Mirkat Sadiqim. So this Hag that people have to go to get berachot from the tzaddikim, or to go to Kivrit Sadiqim, we learned from both, Yoshua and Kalev. Yoshua went to the tzaddik, and tzaddik gave a beracha, Yah Yoshiachah, and uh, Kalev went to other tzaddikim that were deceased already, but what do we see from here? That the success of the person is talui on his connection to the tzaddikim. Either the tzaddikim that are living or the tzaddikim that are, are deceased, that there is a definite uh, benefit to have uh, them uh, praying or in your corner. So it says, because Kalev had Ruach acharet, he had a different different idea, um, and so therefore, what did God God do? God rewarded him. And they gave him a hilik in a uh, special chalik in Eretz Israel. And what khaleik did he get? Hebron. Well, that's Midakinegan Midah. Because since he went to Hebron at the time of the Miraginim, so Midakinegan Midah, his hilik that he got as a reward was in Hebron. And she says, Tainuk dihtibdi Kaleb, Ashil Hebron, Hebron so from there we learned it was Kalev actually that went to Hebron. I mean, otherwise you have no proof. It just says Vayavo. It could have been any of the 12 spies. But uh, we see from over here from the Midah and Midah that the fact that he got Hebron must be that he was the one that went to Hebron. Vesham, over there in Hebron, who was there? Sham, Achiman, Sheshai, Betalmai. These are the sons of the Anak, of the giants. Ahiman, why do you call him achiman? Which means he was the, the right, the right from the brothers, the right side, which represents he was the gibbon, he was the strongest and the most uh, Hashuv. Like the right side is the Hashuv. That when he walks, he makes potholes uh, in the ground. It was so heavy, his step, that he makes furrows and and holes in the ground. Talmai telamim telamim. Also, when Talmai walks, he makes like again furrows in the ground, like uh, like somebody that's plowing, like the blades of a plow. The varachir Achiman bana. Ahiman built the city. He built a city called Anat, and Sheshai bana Adlash. And Talmai bana Talbush Yelida Anak, and what does it mean Yelida Anak? Shemanikim be beKumatam, that they're so tall that they make the sun look like their necklace. So Yelida Anak, Anak is lashon, you know, a, a necklace. Shemanikim be beKumatam, it's like they're wearing it as a uh, a necklace around their neck. Furthermore. She just says, "Ma'anikim et ha'hama be'komatam merov gova komatam Domin ki ilu sabaram nokem onek benekev shahama yutsah bo." It looks like the neck is uh, is is wearing the is wearing the sun. Now, a little history of the construction of this city called Hebron. So it was built seven years before Tzohan Mitzrayim. So the Gemara says, even if it means it was built, meaning literally built, that Hebron was built seven years before Tzohan of Mitzrayim. If Adam Bonne Bayat ibn Katan Kodim ibn Gadol. Now, who built Hebron and So'an in Mitzrayim? They were built by Ham. Who was Ham? Ham is the son of Noah and for his children. Hebron uh, Abur Kena'an Shaya Katan she'bebana'v. He built Hebron for Kena'an, who was his youngest son, Ham's son, and he built Tso'an uh, for Mitzrayim, and Mitzrayim was his second son. So why would he build? Uh, why would Ham build Hebron for his younger son, Kena'an, before his older son? So why would you say that Kena'an is seven years built before Tso'an? Now we know the children of Ham. Kush, and So Mitzrayim is the second son who he built So'an for, and Kanaan is the fourth son who he built Khameron for. But it sounds like he built it first. Ela means which means it was more uh, established than So'an. So'an was built first, but it was more uh, seven times more fertile than the land of Soan. That's what it means. Shiva shanim, seven times greater than uh, than the, the Soan. But not that it was built first. So the Gemara says, could you imagine that Hebron, which we're going to see now, is really not such a fertile land? But even the non-fertile lands of Eretz Israel are seven times better than the best lands of. There's not a more rocky terrain in the whole of Eretz Israel than Hebron. That's why it's good for, 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 for cemeteries. People bury their dead over there because it's not really uh, suitable for growth. And there's no more fertile land like Egypt, Shinnaimar, Kigana Shem. K'edus Mitzrayim, right? Garden of Hashem, like Mitzrayim. Ve'indecham me'ulei bechol edus Mitzrayim yatir Mitzoan. And in Edus Mitzrayim itself, there's no land that's more fertile like Zoan. Dichtiv ki hayu bezoan sadav. We learned that the Zoan um, was a place where the kings used to live and the princes used to live, so it was a special place. Ve'fidu ha'chi and still Hebron, which is the lowest part of Eretz Yisrael. Uh, was greater, uh, uh, so still it was greater. So again, the worst of Eretz sale is seven times better than the best of Mitzrayim. And that's, that's um, coming to prove that that even though the land was so good, still the spies came and spoke on it. So the Gemara asks, Is Hebron indeed uh, a rocky, uh, rocky terrain? Abshalom tells his father, I'm going to go to uh, Hebron in order to fulfill my, my vows, because he made vows to bring certain korbanot. So the Gaborah says, He went to bring these fattened uh, sheep from Hebron. When you want to get rams, you go to Moab. So therefore, it seems what? That they grow... And they raise kibasim uh, uh, over there, which sounds like the land is good for, for for grazing. And you tell me over here it's all rocky. Yomara says mina. Oh, that that's actually the proof. the because the land is very 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 weak in the sense that it's all rocky, uh, and therefore they wouldn't be able to plow there, and therefore abda. Yeah, that's why it was good for, for grazing animals. They weren't planting over there and, uh, the and um, the they had good uh, good 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 pastures over there and that's why the uh, the animals were were fattened uh, she says the the dust or the dirt and these areas are very very fine so they didn't plow and plant over there. And they did uh, the, the, the grazing. So they have grass. Maybe not, they don't have wheat, but they have grass. And then what happens? The, it seems animals flourish better in a dry dry land, and in a rocky land, better than a moist uh, pasture. So therefore, that's why Avshalom went to Hebron. Okay.